Welcome to Rambling Reality, where the mind meanders, the rants appear randomly, and you never quite know where reality will set in at just the right time. I'm your host, Jessica Hannon. Today's episode will feature ranting. It's rant day. And in rant day, we will learn about why people should treat retail workers like, you know, people. Surprise. We, we actually are. I, I know it seems strange, but yo, without us, you wouldn't have anything on your shelves to go buy. And also 90 day fiance, because I have an international fiance. And while I love the train wreck, some things are pissing me off. And I know there's some weird elements of bad connection and stuff. It's because I can't get one of the whiny noises out of the first rant about retail. And the second one, I am outside because my cat is sick and he wins all day, every day. So that's why the second half is recorded this way. Enjoy the show, guys. Today's topic is going to be all about the beauty of don't be a dick to retail workers provided examples by me, the one who deals with customers all day. So I told you ahead of time that it's probably going to be some rants and, and rambles and stuff like that and welcome to Rantland. In this one, I'm going to talk about how I work in a grocery store, I work in retail, I spend so much time and so much effort trying to help everyone out and it feels like sometimes people take that for granted and yes, it's absolutely part of my job. That's so not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is the fact that people overlook employees working in stores and retail as if we're not supposed to do something or if we are, it's supposed to be like on their specific rant or their specific need. And it drives me crazy because again, I give every customer my all. I can tell you where most things in the store are by sheer like remembrance. That's not easy because anyone that works in retail knows stuff changes all the time. And I don't mind helping in those instances. I love that actually, because I feel like we're me and the customer are kind of coming together in, in one group. What I don't like is the people that are snappy or they're like, where is this? And I'm like, you just asked me, I'm sorry. I didn't, I'm an hourly employee. I'm not corporate. I'm not the store manager. I am none of that. I am just one person who is doing the best they can to provide you with the best customer service possible. And I love talking to customers. So for me, this is like the most frustrating thing ever. Do you know how hard it is when you want them to be really kind and acknowledge the fact that you're a person too, that you're treating them with the utmost respect and care and environment and it doesn't seem to work. Yeah, great. But one thing that really, really, really drives me crazy are the racist white men, especially old ones. See, I'm white. Talker to nobody. Everyone assumes that I'm going to follow the leader in this and I'm like, no. First of all, you should be talking politics to the person that's working in the store when you're just trying to find a daggum can of beans anyway. But secondly, don't make the assumption that, that someone is going to follow along with you just because it's what you believe. Me? Hell no. I'm vocal. Like, everyone in the store knows that. They also know that, I'm, that I'll smile at them. They'll know that I'll help them. They'll know I'll do whatever I can. I offer when sales are going on, I know that I offer, you know, like, well, if this is on sale and this is on sale, you can make a really good meal. I give recipes. Like, I, I give them all this attention. But I am not going to say it's okay for you to be a racist dickhead or a misogynistic dickhead or a dickhead in general. I am going to very politely set you down and I'm going to go on my way because this is my job. I don't have time to deal with you. If you want to have that conversation, 
go home to talk him to Bubba up the street, who's probably your second cousin twice removed, married to your great aunt. I don't care. Just let it ride. I, I just want you to be very polite to let me do my job and move on. Because we're always watching a grocery store. Do you realize how many cameras are going on in a grocery store? I'm sure the same thing is true for Walmart, Target, you know, public. But the point is, is there's always cameras are always watching us and we get dinged when, you know, customers are being rude. It's not the customers that get it. We get it. So when you're doing things, kind of take that into mind. Like, don't be a racist dickhead. Don't be a dickhead. Don't be a misogynistic dickhead. Definitely don't come at me thinking that I'm going to agree with everything that you just said because I will look at you like you are batshit crazy and I don't care. This is my only source of income, but I don't care because I'm not going to sit there and let you belittle someone or belittle some organization or something that's going to help somebody. And my customers, the ones I work with all the time in my job, in my department, know this. They know that I will give the most respect that you can give a customer. But let's talk about that too. Don't act entitled. Don't be on your phone when you're trying to talk to me and you want to find something. That's a dickhead move too. Like, you came to us. We didn't go to your house. So at least acknowledge us and put the call on pause for about five minutes so we can get whatever you need to get done and then you can go back. Our time is just as valuable as yours. We're doing our job. We're working the whole parade. We're doing everything we can possibly do and that means that you guys have to kind of understand that we like helping you. We like doing things but because you're not the single customer for the entire day and you know don't scream at us. Don't yell at us because again hourly employees, I get nothing out of this. I can't help you. I am not a store manager. I am not a department lead. I am not a department supervisor. I'm the low person on the totem pole. So there's nothing I can do to help you. All I can offer you is what I can tell you and I will pass it on to the manager or I will call the manager or I will have some kind of conversation with the manager just to make sure something is accomplished. But don't take it out on me. Don't take it out on my colleagues. Don't take it out on people that have no control over any situation because I legitimately do not. I'm working part-time wanting to get full-time in a job somewhere else because I need the hours. Do you think I can help you if I can't help myself in that situation? So just kind of realize as an hourly employees, we work really super, super hard and we just want you guys to respect us and our time and our energy and what we're putting into it because I think that's really important. This is something I noticed when I was working in retail a couple years ago as well. I was doing online stuff at the time. I was corresponding online. You know, we can solve a problem as fast as we can. We can offer rebates or we can offer like free shipping or blah, 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 blah. But again, you're talking to the lowest person on the totem pole in this situation. There's nothing that can be done that we can like solve your problem right away if you're so, so angry. We wish we could because we don't want angry customers either. Not just from a, we don't want to deal with a point of view, but also because that impacts our money, our pay, our livelihood is dependent on customers being happy. But that doesn't mean the customer is always right. Screaming at me, like being rude, that's not okay with me. So I, I don't really know what to do about that, but I just feel like it needs to be addressed and it needs to be put out there because one, we're doing the best we can. Two, see run. Three, understand that we uh, that we are aware of what you're saying and we wish we could solve the problem as fast as possible. But a lot of times things like being in stock or you know not being this, not being that, it doesn't work. So we kind of have to go to what we've got. 
And four, it's very simple. Respect. Respect is so, 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 so important. Looking at Jeffrey Owens, the guy who played Elvin on um, The Cosby Show, that whole brouhaha because he was working at Trader Joe's while being a working actor because people still got to eat when the jobs aren't, you know, coming in or they're more sporadic. And ultimately having to leave the job because of Fox News and Daily Mail trying to shame him for providing and, you know, looking for other options in between all his other side gigs and all his main gigs. And it's never enough, but Trader Joe's is actually a pretty good company to work for, generally speaking. In the U.S., not the company I work for, but it's generally a good company. They also are owned by Aldi, so, or Aldi's owns them, or anyway, they're connected. But you shouldn't shame someone for doing their job, doing it well, consistently making sure that you are provided for, that you have got everything you need. Because, I mean, ultimately, if the stores weren't there, you would probably have a pretty empty cupboard because I don't think anybody else is going to go butcher the pigs. I don't think anybody else is going to go pick the fruits. I mean, hell, we know for a fact white people in the U.S. won't do it because we've had how many, you know, years of issues with produce and stuff because people were afraid to go pick, get their very minimal pay at a disgusting exploitation to higher produce prices. That's why we have them a lot is there's no one there to pick them. There's no one there to do the manual labor that is required. So unless you're going to step up and go do that and including canning, milking the cows, bottling it, making sure the butter is churned and man, you're going to have a long time on that butter, making sure your yogurt is good, making sure all your dry goods are done and you know, you can magically go work in the factory to make it. Give a little respect. It's not a lot of, it's not a lot to ask for. It's just respect is respect is respect is respect is respect. Such a simple concept. And this is why I'm ranting because I've spent a little over a year being very quiet about this, but I've noticed there's an uptick since 2016 election in my area in America where respect is almost a bad word. It's an evil word. It's a, you know, how dare you word because we're peons you know, working these jobs, but we all have different things we want to do. We all have dreams. We all have expectations. We have this reality that involves being in retail right now. It doesn't mean that I'm lesser than. It just means that I'm doing a service for you that you in turn would probably not do for someone else unless forced to. So think about that when you are being angry or upset because even I get angry and upset. I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Think about these things when you're yelling at the person on the low end of the totem pole there. Like fuss at the people that are not doing the right job. Don't fuss at the people that have no control. I mean, as an hourly employee, I can tell corporate and corporate will just very kindly ignore me. If you have a problem with the company, tell the manager, tell the corporate, call the 800 number. I know most of, most businesses have that 800 number. They have that communication number for a reason. Usually it comes at the end of your receipt where they'll say, you know, you can win, blah, 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 or you received, or there's always like usually a number down there for customer calls and customer care. Call them and tell them. Don't scream at people on the phone either because they can't help you, but let them know what your problem is. Let the store manager know if that's the case, but don't yell at the people that have no ability to help you and such a pointed way. Respect goes a really long way. If I'm going to respect you, I'm going to expect the respect back. It's only fair. I mean, you learn that when you're, what, four? Right before you go to kindergarten, you always learn to do unto others. And how does it make you feel when someone's not doing that for you, when they're making you feel worthless, if they're making you feel less than, if they're putting all their issues on you because they can't put it on the person that they're really angry at. And this has been Rantland with Jessica Yannon called Don't Be a Dick to Customer Service Agent, including the people that work in the stores.
So this episode of the podcast will be an interesting mix of random, random recording locations. Normally I record in my house, which is why you hear this weird buzz in the beginning of the, of the episode with the anger over how to treat people when you're working in retail. And this one is going to be outside because while I would normally love to record in my bedroom, I have a cat that is sick and I do not want him to get overheated because I do not have AC because I live in the hell house. Well, not the hell house because I have that for another house. So I'm going to call it the what the fuckery house. Anyway, so I've decided to have this little bit of my episode every week or every time I decide to show up about the lovely, lovely reality TV section. I only currently watch a couple of TV shows because right now it's a pain in the ass to watch because I have to watch on my computer because my TV is not working. Not because my TV is broken, by the way, but because my half of the house is jacked up and you get to hear the lovely birds apparently and the rolling thunder because why not so my favorite two shows that i usually watch are real housewives depending on the season or the location and 90 day fiance i have a deep 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 bond with 90 day fiance because my fiance is german i'm american guess who hasn't got a k1 visa because they don't have tlc to support them raise your hand raise your hand anyway sorry I told you I have serious issues with the show, and yet I keep watching it because it's kind of like watching that that rubbernecking element of that's not how this goes. Also, run, people, run. And usually to the non-Americans, by the way, not the Americans. Exception to the rule, Jesse. Always Jesse. Always, always Jesse. He can just keep on twiddling on back to wherever the hell he came from and keep on going in Amsterdam. Because, dude, he's an emotionally abusive asshole. Sorry, that's it. That's all I got for him. Darcy likes to have attention. She needs to have that, that instant connection and that instant attention, and she needs to be the center of attention. That's not great, but he's an emotionally abusive asshole. So, no, don't care. He can go away. So, obviously, I'm talking about 90 Day Fiancé this week, because why not? I'm not always involved in it. Like, sometimes I'll, I'll miss it because I work until 8 o'clock, and it's a two-hour show, so I kind of try and catch up. But otherwise, I listen to podcasts. My favorite podcasts, by the way, as of right now, are Reality Life. I'm really enjoying that. I'm definitely enjoying um, Waz Podcast with Chris Farah. Ed, I'm really enjoying Nation of a Recap. I don't listen to their Big Brother or their Bachelor stuff because that's not really where my mind goes and that's not really what interests me but those two the two men on on nation of recap i was actually surprised on how on point they were how much dean sucks oh i guess i should go backwards to that huh so Tarek and hazel oh god like i know people are gonna call her a gold digger and blah 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 but honestly that's what some of these men are looking for have you noticed that i mean ricky does the same thing they're looking for a specific they're looking for a specific wife they're looking for a specific age that's usually very inappropriate i'm sorry Tarek is Tarek is what 40 something and he's dating a 25 year old there's a reason why he didn't date the girls in his local area that were you know 35 or women that were 35 i say girls because i kind of go back and forth on that with me but generally speaking i'm gonna say there's a reason why he's not going for someone his age definitely the same thing with ricky when he was going after melissa for whatever reason producer interference or whatever he was totally gross about it so i don't care same thing with david and annie dude didn't get anyone his age for a reason we would all look at him and go you're full of shit sorry bye but anyway to go back to to them dean oh my god dean can i like throw dean out the fucking like driveway and just let's see what plays don't kill him but can you get a treadmark i'll take like a five-year-old on a bicycle Alex because I'm just like oh 
he's like he's trying to be Nikki's little brother from last season of 90 Day Fiance. Again, going back to David because unfortunately it all goes back to the Penguin Man. But it turns out he's not. He's got more charisma void than like Jesse. How? How do you do that? I don't understand how. That takes some serious, serious talent, guys. So last week I wanted to take Dean and I mean, I'm sure there's a volcano that could use some kind of sacrifice, right? Because I'm totally down with, with getting some of these misogynistic jackasses off this show, to be honest, because again, I, I gotta go back to Jesse. Apparently I can't leave that guy alone, but I mean, it's the same thing of like trying to be, you know, someone that makes a name and yeah, that's great, but there's a level of reality and then there's a level of stop. I would like to enjoy some of these people on the show occasionally. There's a reason why I didn't like Molly and Louise too. But anyway, back to Hazel. I understand her point. Like, she wants to have a better life. Like, why wouldn't you? If you're going to leave someone for, like, I don't know, 45, 10,000 miles, whatever it is, you're going to make sure there's going to be a solid relationship and a solid chance of going somewhere with it, right? Yeah? Why wouldn't you? Who wouldn't? I mean, come on, guys. So I totally understand this point of view. I mean, it's the same thing, you know, you see with Anfisa and George. I mean, he totally lied about what he could do and what he couldn't do. She was up front. Okay, you know what? If it works for them, it's totally cool. Like, not everyone's going to have a love match. I mean, it's reality. You know, we're always told to go up higher on the social ladder, but it seems like American exceptionalism when it comes to this show is getting to be out of control. I have a German fiancé. I'm American. It's expensive as fuck to come visit me. And we understand that. So we only see each other, like, every so often. We've been together for five years. We've spent maybe almost four months together in that time in person. But we understand the realities of complications. And again, we don't have TLC money backing us. And I'm not bitter about that, by the way. I'm just bitter sometimes about the way the show portrays the K-1 visas. If it's something easy to get, you've got to have so much stuff. That's actually why I was glad that um, Azen and Nicole didn't exactly have everything go exactly as planned. Because that was a nice little change. It made it, The show makes it seem like it's very easy to get someone over here. <laughs> it ain't. If you are not, like, making, you know, some bukus of money, whether it's on reality show money or just in your daily life, it's really difficult to bring people over. And so I think it's important to note that. And then you have people like Karini and Paul who, okay... Let's talk about Karini and Paul. Why is Paul going after, like, someone so young in the Amazon? For the same reason that someone's going to, you know, the Philippines to find someone. They think it's going to be easier to find someone that's more indebted and a little bit more in servitude. Because there's a huge language barrier. English is not easy to learn. Like, German is a pain in the ass to learn, and English is way harder from what I've been told by every person that I know, because my in-laws don't even speak English very well. It's a very complicated process. But that's why we have a middleman of a translator, unlike Paul and Karini, who neither one can speak their language very well. I saw the marriage, and it's not going to end well, and it's not going to end well because Karini is 21. She's been with this guy for, what, a year and a half, maybe two years? She's just out of, like, that graduation era, whether you graduated at 16 or 18 it doesn't matter there's still that very different life path and there's a reason why he went for someone that was so young versus you know someone that was maybe 35 in the state of Kentucky that didn't know about his arrest record as if we can't look that up but there's a reason why and this is what thing this is what really gets into me with this show is you see so many of these Americans doing that and I'm just like hi red flag I mean Jesse and Darcy for instance there's a reason why she went for someone that was so much younger there's just so many complications and so social expectations I'm just more clued into the 
women for the most part being the younger ones because as a woman I'm used to like older men very much older men hitting on me and not understanding that no is no and this is very gross I've been in some pretty like not so great situations especially online because of that and women are not really told how to socialize online necessarily I want to point out that like everyone on this show has a storyline whether I like it or not oh my god oh Angela and Michael we're just gonna nope as in Georgian we're just gonna nope I've already done this with Molly and Louise I've made my opinions known so hard as a Georgian. I'm just, no. He wants a transaction, like Hazel. She wants someone that will be there to apparently wipe her ass because she's getting to be an age in like, you know, 15 years. That's a reality. So I get it. So it makes sense, especially, you know, if you don't have the best health, you've got to know someone's going to be there to take care of you if you're going to bring someone over for 10 years. Again, everyone seems to forget that it's a 10-year commitment. So you've got to make sure everything is going as it should. And in the current administration, it's a fuck ton harder to get someone over here, by the way. So I get it. But like... Like, then you get people like John and Rachel and it's so obvious that they've met before and I get it. Like I would totally do what I would need to do if I wanted to get married and it was difficult to do it my way. I get it. I'm in that situation. I understand completely. I'm having to learn German so I can move over there so I can be with the love of my life. It's difficult and it's a pain and if you're not hella rich it can be oh my god, so money-sucking consuming to be told no. Like, you can't marry somebody and then they go home. If you marry someone and go home, you've broken the law even though they went home. Like, even though they returned to their country and you just want to have legal mandates and you want to make sure some things are worked out, you still can't do that. It's, there's so much bullshit when it comes to immigration in the U.S. Again, can, hello, white people. We weren't here first. Anyway, I'm not going to go on that little track. Ready to, but I'm not going to. But the whole point of it is there's this feeling of it's not even novelty it's like the reality that they're portraying I miss some of the actual reality like the hard work the effort the, the, the really deep way of getting it done because when we meet these guys they're already ready to get engaged okay well I want to know them when they were like meeting for the first time on the computer like I want to know after like the first three weeks when they're in, when they're meeting each other and going okay well do you like this do you like that I want to know about the couple I don't want to know about the producer and juice drama all the time because there's enough drama when you're dating someone that's 4,500 miles away you don't need a lot of producer drama trust me between family friends freaking location that one's a big one by the way and inability to touch see or learn how to read a person in person versus seeing them on skype it's a whole nother ball game and i wish i just wish that we would see a little bit more of that because it's obvious that a lot of these people have already made the decision to be engaged before they go over there and i just want to see i want to see a better a better representation of what it's really like because i just i get tired of seeing the same thing and it's just it's a rant that I have built up for the past like two and a half three years now so it's a kind of a long one and I'm sure like the next time I talk about it it'll be much shorter but this is just something that's been pissing me off lately because in the case of Darcy and Jesse everyone could see it was toxic but we kept giving them attention so they kept around and it was just like yeah but the situation is different when you have kids when you're involving your children into a situation when you're putting them in this mess because of TV time maybe a possibility for love but mostly TV time it's just too much the same thing that I had with Nicole and May last three or four times we've tried to see them it's just it's the same thing like I want to see I want to see a little bit more of the the process you know like I want to see them meeting and then I want to see them like go through the process because if you're going to have before the 90 days and then you're going to have 90 days and then you're going to have happily ever after you should follow them for that entire journey not just like random you know insertions and then disappearing like I want to see that whole process because it's really long and complicated you can't get it done in like a year it takes way more time than that and family unification 
good luck on that one. I just, I want to see the producers give a little bit more of a balance. And I say that as someone that's been watching reality TV since MTV invented it, basically. I don't know. I just want to see a little bit more. I want to add a little bit more. So that's kind of my rant of a not rant of a rant. I'm not really sure what to call it, but it's a thing. It's more, I want to see them add a little bit more oomph. Like, I, I want to see them discussing things, like day-to-day -day things. Like, and not in the way that Michael belittles Angela or not in the way that, like, you know, Darcy and her Louis Vuittons, or, you know, I, oh, I never want to see Paul again if I can help it after the season. Please make it so. I, I just, I have no desire to watch someone that's, like, crazy beyond my TV. I don't need a psychopath on TV. I already have one as a president. I don't need any help. So I just, I want to see more of, like, the oomph of just learning how to build a life together through, basically, the internet when you're not next to each other, when you can't lay down next to each other, go to bed. It's a long process. And I'd like to see the producers kind of zero in on that. So this week's episode of podcast to listen to comes from three pagans and a cat. Now I am not Christian. I am not Hinduist, Muslim. I am not pagan. I'm just spiritual in general. So I kind of listen to different things and find common cores. And that's always been my belief system. And I really enjoy listening to three pagans and a cat because the three members of the family, Carr, Gwen, and Ode, offer a new look at different paths of paganism. And I think that's pretty cool because you don't always hear that. People just assume pagan is one thing, pagan is another. Like, my personal pantheon of goddesses include Artemis, Athena, and Kali. So, I have an interesting kind of point of view, which anyone that's ever met me knows. So, I, I like the idea of talking about the different gods, different goddesses. I like talking about the different special spiritual days. But I also like how they 
podcast is unafraid to go in a little deeper and they will talk about things that are going on within the paganist movement things that you know include the the social justice aspect and where it's lacking or like in the case of um marion zimmer bradley when it came out that she was abusing her daughter i i don't mind that i i like the group the knowledge the communication and i like the fact that they are a family they are a unit and they have very individualistic personalities but they still manage to go together and that is awesome in my opinion so if you want to listen to something that's a little bit different but offers a really interesting insight to quieter religion aspect spirituality aspect depending on how they they do their rites and their rituals i think it's really worth it so check out three pagans and a cat Don't forget to follow the podcast on Rambling Reality Twitter. You can email me at ramblingpod at gmail.com. Your best bet is to always catch me on Twitter. Thanks so much. I would also like to say happy birthday to myself. I turn 37 today. I wonder how that's going to go. I'm kind of hoping a little bit better than the other previous years. I'm hoping by this time next year I'll be in Germany with the love of my life.